CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. It's time for another edition of Your Money and Your Life. Don Cash here and myself talk investing, finance, retirement, and uh, we're going to get back into a little more conversation on this whole debt ceiling and the debt ceiling crisis and all the information going on there. And I've got a little bit of a cold, but uh, I'm going to tough it out and hang out here with Don as we have this conversation to kind of go through the continuing drama that is this uh, topic. So it's time to get into the conversation. And of course, it's also a holiday weekend. We're going to get this turned around here for Memorial Weekend. Don, how you doing, my friend? I'm good, Mark. What's going on? How you doing? I'm feeling a little bit better. So I, I we were joking right before we started. I said, "Do you want me to talk on the podcast or not?" And he's like, "Yeah, let us let it rip." So yeah, you sound like you're a little deeper, but uh, you know, it's one of those things. Sometimes when you have a cold, that's like the last thing to go. Or like your voice yeah. just kind of continues very, very deep, like you have it. But um, hope you're feeling better from Memorial Day weekend. And you know, well, with- it's a it's a washout here, so maybe it's good timing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful up here. And yeah, it's good. Actually, rain. this I'm not sure if you're experiencing this too, but the Memorial Day just seemed to have snuck up on our family and you know, with everything going on with uh, wedding planning and end of school year. But I, right. I was looking at the uh, history of Memorial Day, Mark, and I didn't realize it started just after the Civil War ended in 1868 to honor all the soldiers that died in the war. And originally it was called decoration day did you hear of that term i did not know that that's that's pretty interesting yeah yeah the uh uh decoration day yeah i think i like memorial day better i think if you're looking at the two names and my daughter's currently in the navy so of course i thank all of those who did serve and and have you know are serving i know that's later in the uh for veterans day but still uh thanks to everybody who served and obviously those who paid the ultimate price and I, you mentioned, uh, you know, you got a lot going on, and I just mentioned my daughter. Your daughter's big day is coming. Yeah, as we record this show, Mark, it's a week from today. It's next Friday, June oh, yeah. 2nd. Yeah, there, there's some of those uh, loose ends we have to, of course, you know, tie up over the next few days. And a couple of bills that are floating in that uh, my daughter forgot to tell me about. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll report back in, in two weeks uh from now, we're all very excited. It, it's our oldest child and, of course, our, our first to be married. Yeah. So, okay, so that's two weeks. So then what's what's going on this for the big weekend uh, uh, this weekend? Well, before the wedding for yeah. this weekend, we have high school graduation uh, oh, okay. this Friday. Right. My daughter's not graduating yet, but we, we try to attend because it's a small school. Mm-hmm. My good friend's 60th birthday party uh, tomorrow night, so a shout-out to Paul on his big day and the beaches officially open uh this weekend actually tomorrow uh, it's a big town parade i'm sure you have that too for monday and i just hoped it to be uh all rested up by next friday after all this there you go yeah you got to get yourself ready well let's uh, let's get our attention into some financial stuff here don on the last show we talked about the debt ceiling and the risk of default and of course it's uh there's some a lot of brinksmanship is being brought into play. It's an interesting term that they've been using, and it seems like we are no closer uh, to a deal. You know, so what's the update? How does this you know relate to uh, you know the fear index that's out there? Yeah, it's interesting. The, the debt ceiling battle 
has been variously described, Mark, either as a looming catastrophe, right? You've heard that term, right? A, a bargaining chip, a bargaining lever. Yeah, that's more common. And, yeah, and ultimately, it's described by both sides as uh, when it's resolved as a crisis averted. Mm-hmm. So, but technically, it's simply the maximum amount that the government's allowed to borrow to pay its bills. We talked about that last time. Mm-hmm. And currently, the the national debt is thirty one point either four or thirty one point seven trillion. I've heard, seen different numbers, but that was set uh, only about a year and a half ago in January of twenty twenty two, and it was raised by two and a half trillion dollars only uh, about. Again, a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's just it's just mind blowing, really. That definition of a trillion, for sure, right? You know, so I mean, if basically if we're hearing you right, just in the past year or so, the federal government has spent two and a half trillion more than it takes in in income, which is crazy. Is that right? Yeah, it's exactly right, and that's a part of what's being hashed out right now, Mark. I mean, unless the government changes this trajectory. We're going to be in this position again very soon. It could be a year from now or 18 months from now with the need to raise the debt ceiling again and again and again and so on after that. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about that on the last show, right? I mean, over the last 60 years, there's been 89 debt ceiling increases. Uh, you know, which is certainly more than once a year, right? And it just seems like over the past few years, there it's more in the news and negotiated right up to the deadline. So let's talk a little bit more about what is driving the debate today and, and what may occur potentially in the next week or so. Yeah, let's just, it's a good question. Let's review some of the facts about the recent federal budgets and, and the expenses from the last show we talked about, right? So the total federal income for the year for the last fiscal year was about $5 trillion, right? Mind-blowing in and of itself. The total expenses were about $6.5 trillion. So the deficit for 2022 was $1.5 trillion. So that's last year's shortfall. But here are some numbers to keep in mind. The total U.S. economy, right, as measured by the GDP, Mm -hmm. gross domestic product, Mm -hmm. is $25 trillion. Okay. So the total federal tax revenue, the income of $5 trillion is 20% of the $25 trillion of GDP. Mm -hmm. The total federal government expenses are $6.5 trillion, which is about 25% of the $25 trillion of output. So the gap of $1.5 trillion, it's about 5% of GDP. And that's the number that needs to be narrowed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just, we talked about that before. You can't outspend it. You wouldn't do that at your home every single year. You can't. Right. So how does that compare to recent history, Don? Well, you know, as we mentioned last time, if you turn the clock back only five years ago, right. The total federal income for 2018 was three and a half trillion. The expenses were almost 4 trillion and the deficit was about 440 billion dollars it's not great but not that bad at all compared to now <laughs> it looks like it looks like a prize compared to right now yeah so the government income is way up but expenses are even higher big shock yeah. i read that there has been something like six trillion in pandemic relief uh and a lot of us saw this on the news anyway right over the past couple of years and and that's got to be a big part of it yeah absolutely and of course much of it early on was necessary, right? Back in uh, at the start of COVID in March of 2020. But a lot of the spending 
more recently is really debatable. Very debatable, yeah. Yeah, and it's a big part of the rapid inflation we've seen, right? Right. So now that the $6 trillion of COVID spending is behind us, supply chain breakdowns, the China COVID lockdowns have ended, inflation's moderating, but it takes time. And even off air, we'd mentioned that you know, with the with China getting back to normal, the cases are going way up again. And you mentioned that your wife is going to be traveling to China in two weeks. It's supposed is, to be, yeah, we'll see, right? But you know, everything seems to be getting back to more normal in terms of productivity. But think of it this way: in terms of all that spending, that six trillion dollars of spending, if you feast on a big Thanksgiving dinner and continue gorging right all the way through christmas all the way through new years it's going to take some time for you to get back into shape your body needs to shed all that fat and it's kind of like that with extra government spending the economy needs to sort of digest the extra spending and it takes sometimes a year or two and the rapid inflation that we saw started about a year or so ago that's an interesting way to put that you know of course again it doesn't help that they continue to gorge at family thanksgiving right right? that's their mo it has been for a long time so the inflation is a big part of the debt ceiling battle clearly yeah it is and regarding that spending um that covid spending as of today there's still over 70 billion dollars of covid money allocation that's unspent And that's also a part of debate. So the big conflicting question in Washington is this. Are these big budget deficits caused by too much spending or not enough taxes being levied? And since the federal tax revenues actually increased by 40% since these tax cuts in 2018 and spending has increased by over 60%, seems pretty clear what's caused a big increase. Yeah. So I guess the question is now with all the COVID spending behind us, can we get back to some reasonable level of spending? And I'm sure that's part of what they are arguing about is, you know, keeping government spending in some sort of check. Yeah. You know, of course, it really, it just has to happen. Right, Mark? Right. The 800-pound gorilla in the room is the spending on yeah. the Social Security. Or the six and a half trillion pound gorilla in the room, right? <laughs> exactly. Much more than that. It's the Social Security. It's the Medicare entitlements. And these programs absolutely must be made solvent for the long term. And, and really, everyone knows this. A- any thoughts on how this all settles? You know, ultimately in Washington, it comes down to making the other side look bad and terrible <laughs> and making your side look good right. and unfortunately don't do what's best no 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 you know what maybe shouldn't our government officials be fiduciaries right they, they really they they right? should be i mean you know as we are in our industry right right exactly but that word is never used it's fun strangely enough yeah. in washington unfortunately you know the average citizen uh, in all of this gets to be dismissed exactly the deadline that they've Imposed that the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has mentioned is June first, which is upcoming very quickly. Yeah, um, about two months ago, the House of Representatives passed a bill to actually raise the debt ceiling and raise the debt limit by one and a half trillion dollars through next March, March of twenty twenty four. Okay, it also sets spending levels for the federal go- government programs, resets it back to those that were in place in 2022. So that's the that's the bill. And it limits the growth of that spending going forward to 1% a year. But here's where it gets more contentious. It also targets a list of the president's policies. So 
it repeals the president's student loan forgiveness program, mm-hmm. which is tied up in the courts right now. Right. It claws back unspent COVID relief money. That's that $70 billion we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Rolls back a lot of these energy programs that were in the F- Inflation Reduction Act, so-called. Which most of it did not reduce inflation. No, I, but that's the we did they name pod- things. Yeah, we did a podcast on that. Yep, anyway, yeah, yep. we talked about naming it that and mm-hmm. how it, uh, what a misnomer it was. Mm-hmm. But it also puts in place new work requirements for adults without children who receive federal assistance like food stamps and Medicaid. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and a lot of times, you know, you, you hear these different things, and they they seem fairly logical. You don't understand sometimes why they get into such an argument about uh, the, the tit for tat, but it is what they do, I suppose. So do they meet somewhere in the middle, both declare victory and, and move on to summer break? You'd think that they'd want to get this done anyway, because I imagine they're just itching to get out of there for summer anyway. Yeah, actually, as of today, Mark, they're on the next um break <laughs> right right <laughs> which lasts until i think the end of june so it's about a month then they work a little bit then there's summer the, the official end of summer break which is another five weeks so <laughs> there's not a lot of time in washington to, to get this done but apparently they're kind of you know on call right they yeah like on alert remember the old days they give you the pager yeah yeah and yeah. they would say yeah you're on call even yeah. though you're on vacation. You'd hear him say that. I've heard him say before, well, the Congress is being called in to get something solved or whatever. It's like, oh, no, they actually have to work a little bit, you know. Which they absolutely hate because they want a barbecue, too. Oh, exactly. Age, so. exactly. But now you're thinking like a politician, right? So right. Uh, likely something they're going to try to get something done very soon or maybe even kick the can down the road until the oh, fall. Oh, there's, there's a shock. Yeah, they're they're really good at that. They'll too. put a Band-Aid on. Well, let's just Band-Aid it till the fall very possible yeah yeah well you mentioned you know the fear index so let's talk about it what is it how does it relate to what we're dealing with yeah so there's something out there called this fear index or the the vix index you've heard of that mark i haven't what's the vix yeah the vix is it's a measure of volatility in the stock market right so vix if people want to look it up is the ticker symbol oh okay yeah vix vix it's a popular name Technically, it's the Chicago Board of Options Exchange Index. It's oh. sometimes called the fear gauge or the fear index. And when it's high, people tend to do bad things and react out of emotion or fear. Okay. Uh, and volatility, that term, is simply the measure of the expectation of the ups and downs in the market. So volatility is like a, a measurement of risk. The the index officially began in 2004, but the idea goes back several decades that economists have tried to measure this idea of risk. Well, this almost seems like a duh question, but uh, so is the fear index high right now? You know, Mark, interestingly, it's actually down what? for the year. <laughs> really? Really, you can look it up. Uh, meaning the fear index is actually lower for the year. Historically, it's kind of moved from a low of 10 to a high of 80, Mark. So it started in 2004 okay. with a base index of 20, which is considered neutral. Okay, right? above 20's that neutral. Is neutral. Okay. Above that's high, below it's low. All right. I'll give you some time periods where the index was high and you can tell me what happened. Okay. Okay. So here, let's go back to 
October of 2008. Housing crisis, financial crisis. Right. Yeah. Housing crisis, banking crisis. Yeah. So that time, all time high uh, since the index started, the number was 80. Okay. That was the maximum fear index. All right. Next time it spikes is August, summer, 2011. If you can think back to that time. Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, was that when we lost our credit rating? Exactly. That okay. was the last big debt crisis. Okay. All right. Right. The one that, I mean, it's been several since then. Right. But the right. last one where there was a lot of angst. We had a lot of, summer. was that some, we had some debt ceiling conversations and a lot of issues there too, right? Big time. Yeah. Okay. And actually, maybe the crisis was, Mark, it was in August and they were going on summer break. So <laughs> <Maybe>. yeah. <laughs> that was the crisis. Maybe. But the, the index, again, jumped up at that point to 40. Okay. So not not nearly as high as obviously the, the, the big uh, financial, the Great Recession. No, but there was a lot of issues, a mm-hmm. lot of questions about, you know, breaching that debt ceiling mm-hmm. and losing the AAA rating. Okay. Uh, of course, March of 2020. COVID. COVID. That spiked up at sixty six. Hmm, so I was still not eighty. I would have thought it would no, be eighty. I, yeah. right. you, you would think it would be as high as the as the banking and housing crisis, yeah. but it wasn't. Okay. Um, so recently, it spiked at about thirty five in June of last year, October of this year, and March of this year. If you remember March, right? That was the SVB. Yeah, I was um, gonna say it all seems to be financially tied. Correct. Yeah, and. You know, that was the issue in, in March. So so where is it right now as we speak? Mm-hmm. Actually, as of now, I'm looking online, it's like 17. And 20 right? was neutral. Twenty. So it's actually low. Huh. Well, right? interesting. So think about that. It, you know, it, it's 20. As of, I think, last week, it was was 20. So it was neutral, and now it's low. So, Don, let me ask you, is that an indicator of how the market sees the debt ceiling showdown? I mean, it, it seems you, like if it's not scared. You can look at it that way, right? Right. It, it's like what's interesting is how people are acting outside of Washington and the media bubbles, right? Well, of, of course, they got to do their fear-mongering. Exactly. The media bubbles in New York and and uh, Los Angeles, and how people are actually spending money. So I think of it this way. Of course, right now we're in the in the heat and the midst of prom season. Right? right, yep. In fact, we just had our our school's prom last night. We're heading into summer. Okay. The average price of a prom dress, Mark, is $500. Jeez. <laughs> and people are snapping them up. Airfare is over 17% higher mm-hmm. than last year and demand is huge if you're trying to book a flight here's the kicker this blows me away mark tonight is the opening night of the taylor swift concert here at giant stadium mm-hmm. new jersey do you know what the asking price is online for upper deck tickets upper deck right far away from the stage have you been on I, keeping I, on top i'm gonna i know it's high i know it's ridiculous it's not bruce springsteen ridiculous high that he's asked for in some places because i've seen some crazy numbers there too but my guess is i'm gonna say like two grand three grand it's ex- it's exactly it thirty six hundred dollars crazy thirty six hundred dollars per seat i'm guessing per ticket yep I mean, I, I really, I don't care what the economists and the, and the fancy people tell me in, yeah. in Washington. That tells me a lot about how people are yeah. feeling about I, spending I saw, money. Same thing I saw that with Springsteen tickets, that, that like the average ticket was like six grand. 
crazy. You know, it's when I was in high school, I went to a concert New Year's Eve to see Bruce Springsteen. My daughter has the poster from the concert. Mm-hmm. Ticket prices. Ten dollars. Yep. Yeah. No. <laughs> ah, the days. Ah, the days. Right. Yeah. It's. It really. It. It. It blows your mind. Right. It does. But what's interesting about this fear index number is what happens during the peak of fear and how investors are affected. Okay. Right. right. So during the peak, of, you know, the people that you know really kind of react to the news during the peaks of two thousand and eight, two thousand and eleven. And 2020, people often selled out of their investments and moved into cash. Sure. Right. right. Yeah. They react, just, they react emotionally. Right. Not just average investors, but advisors. Oh, too. okay. Okay. Yet in 2009, right after the crisis, the market was way up. Okay. The large stocks like the S&P 500 were up 26% and the small were up 47%. So people missed it. Because they sold low. Sure. Right. And they got fearful. 2011, 2021, the same thing happened. They were up between 14 and 28%. And this year, people have been reacting to what's happening to the stock market's uh, reaction last year, right? They're thinking, oh, last year was so bad Mm -hmm. um, with inflation and Federal Reserve rate hikes. And they're thinking, I'm going to react to those the most recent bad news and make poor decisions again. Yeah, but that's just human nature, Don. We we we've talked many times before on the show. We sometimes are our own worst enemy in this regard. Yeah, and there's no doubt about it. And the bottom line is it's always going to be something that's going to occur, right? We talk about this a lot that's going to drive up anxiety. Yeah. You know, I hear these commercials, you probably hear them too on TV or the radio. Uh, or even on the internet, they're pushing some investment like gold. <laughs> I'd, love, and, I'd love the gold ones. Right. Yeah. And Bitcoin recently, yeah. where they say something like, in these troubled times right. or in these uncertain times, you have to invest in XYZ, right? Yeah. I've got the voice for it in these troubled times. Right? You do. It's perfect. <laughs> it's very ominous. It's deep. It's like James Earl Jones. Right, right. right. You know, if you've lived long enough, you realize that we're always in uncertain times and you know here's a quiz for you mark what year recently can you think of that was the year of certain and untroubled year what year was that <laughs> you got me 1984 i don't know right it's like, yeah, the orwellian year right yeah, right. yeah you know it's like pick it well i was also like 13, right? So, you know, yeah, yeah I we think it's hard kids. It's hard to say, right? As an adult, it's hard to pinpoint one. Yeah, you know, we were kids back then. So, right. but going forward, we have to, you know, look at things like the debt ceiling, right? And here's what's going to be coming up soon. Election I know, news. it's going to start all over. It's already starting. And I have to say, even with your cold and your deep voice, I think this podcast went better than Elon Musk and DeSantis on Twitter on Wednesday. Yeah, that wasn't good. <laughs> that wasn't good. But election news is going to be, you know, constantly in our faces, yep, right? Yep. There's going to be budget battles never ending. Banking problems, I'm sure, will continue. Recession talk, right, on and off. So the lesson is don't react in fear. Don't run to the bank to buy CDs, 
And think of it this way regarding people who are reacting in fear and then going to the bank and yeah. putting their money in savings. Yeah. If we do have a recession, what do you think the Fed is going to do? Cut rates. Right? Cut rates. Yeah. Right. So, you know, think of think of it this way. The bank CDs and the savings are going to drop off. So if last well, year we have we have evidence of that. That's happened in the past, right? I mean, that's exactly what happens. They'll do that. People buy a bunch of the rates, or the CDs. To your point, the Fed, we go into a possible recession. Fed cuts the rates, and the CDs aren't worth as much. And all the CDs they're kind of teasing us with are like right. six month, one year. Yeah, right. CDs maybe fourteen months, sixteen months. So the the rates will drop off like they've done in a cycle. Mm -hmm. So if last year the CD rate was two percent. And this year, let's say you're fortunate to get 5%. Mm -hmm. And some people are saying, hey, I can get 5.5%. All right, so 5.5%. Right. Then next year, we're back to 2%. Over three years, you've averaged 3%, right? Yep. And that's before taxes and inflation. You're actually losing money. Yep. And regarding inflation, since on this holiday weekend, we want to leave it on an upbeat note, you know, we still live in the greatest country in the world, right? As yeah. Warren Buffett was commenting on this when people were throwing this, these issues uh, at the recent meeting regarding inflation and recession. He says, look, we live in the, in the greatest place, the greatest country in the world. As he said, don't bet against America. Yeah, for sure. I just did an interview uh, in, a, in a show with uh, an attorney and a guest in New Orleans, and the um, he's an attorney that works there as well. And he's from actually from Russia. His family's Ukrainian. He was born in Russia, and he came over here as a as a maybe twenties, and he just could not say enough things about you know the differences in the countries and how much the, America was still the fantastic country, and and you know he wishes more people could see the you know, this country through his eyes as someone who lives someplace. So it was really powerful and important stuff to sometimes I think we need to stop and, and see some of those stories. Remember that, you know, we do live in the great, the greatest country and, and keep a, we have our problems like anybody else. But, you know, we certainly have a lot of things going in the right direction. So when it comes down to it, hopefully they'll get this stuff resolved uh, as they tend to do. They'll play their poker game and uh, hopefully they'll get things worked out. But of course, if you're worried about how it affects you or just things in general when it comes to retirement, as always, we say here on the podcast, make sure you're checking with a qualified professional before you take any action on something that you hear on our show or any others to see how it relates to your specific financial situation. And Don is a CPA and a CFP and a great resource for you to tap into. And he's got many, many years of experience. So reach out to him at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. Have that uh, consultation and conversation for yourself. Uh, DonaldCash.com or call him at 800-664-1183. Don, thanks so much for hanging out, my friend, as always. Have yourself a great Memorial weekend, and uh, good luck with all the things coming up. Thanks, Mark. You too. Hope you're feeling better. And to everyone out there, have a, a blessed and happy Memorial Day. We'll see you soon here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.